Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Cafecito con Estrellita. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hola mi gente, welcome back to Cafecito con Estrellita. I hope you're doing well this week. Now mi gente, you know what time it is. It is our interview episode for the week and I am very excited to introduce you all to this amazing mujer that I've met in this virtual reality that we're all living in at the moment. And that is Ashley Scott. She's also known as the founder of Data Girl. She has a background where she received her BS degree in public health and further on received her MBA. And she's actually been known to be a Forbes under 30 scholar. And we get into a lot of those details during this episode. So I'm just going to go ahead and let it speak for itself. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so I actually have a bachelor's of science in public health with a minor in rhetoric and communication from the University at Albany. And I'm so fortunate enough that I had the opportunity to learn about public health before all of the circumstances that are surrounding our global climate right now, because I didn't really get a chance to see other than Zika at the time or anything related to Ebola that public health initiatives were very influential in how we live as a society population and also culturally and when I had finished my bachelor's in public health I had the opportunity to do an internship at the department of health and I'm so glad that I was able to do that because I learned a little bit more about um, healthcare insurance, Medicaid, and Medicare programs. And when I'd finished my internship requirements, I thought to myself how I really wanted to assert myself in the public health domain and considered a career in healthcare administration. And I'd finished my program. I started researching a little bit more about how to go about that. And as a first-generation college student, I didn't have much of a clear idea of how to go about the whole process for one, even applying for grad school, studying for different standardized exams. And when I thought about, you know, the big picture and, and room for growth for my own personal career, I thought to myself, well, what if something were to happen? And I didn't want to specifically do public health anymore. And I wanted to branch out. So that was one of the reasons why I decided to do a master's in, pub in business administration. And in that program is when I started hearing more about data, data science, data analytics, and I decided to go full speed ahead in a one-year master's program while working full-time and also working as a consultant to complete my curriculum for the master's program in concentration in managerial analytics. So while that was very fast-paced, it was a lot to take in, and I'm fortunate enough that I was able to do a five-year program because I wanted to get my career um, on, and I wanted to really take New York City, that's where I'm from actually, by storm and really see how I can demand my presence in public health and business. And when I had finished my graduate degree, I had left with some consulting experience. So some of the projects that I worked on was creating a business level graduate degree concentration. So that was within the business school. We were able to have a concentration of healthcare administration. So it was just so funny that I ended up going into business school for that. But 
even though I didn't get to participate in it, I was able to help um, provide guidance in creating that program. And the second one was to advise women officials in Tanzania, East Africa, to create a tertiary health care facility. So while I am excited that I had the opportunity to, one, go in with public health knowledge, to get experience as a consultant in the business world, I then had enough skills and was able to leverage my experience to to transition into a career in data analytics. So with all of that being said, I just want to reiterate that while you can go to school for one particular program, you don't have to feel boxed in to only learn that because there's so many areas of room for growth. And sometimes it just takes the right mentor. Sometimes it just takes the right um, conversation to help you understand that there is room for you to go into other areas. So again, even though I started out in public health and I don't work as a public health uh, professional, I do have that experience. However, I was able to still work in public health settings, contribute my my level of expertise, and still go into a completely different domain, being data analytics. Sometimes you can get overwhelmed. There's some people that just seem to have it all put together and know exactly what they're doing. And here I come and I'm like, oh, I would do the analyst too. But, you know, sometimes you may get discouraged because, you know, you don't work at the Fortune 500 companies, but that doesn't take away from the quality of work that you're doing. So some of the things that I'm most proficient at is learning about how to improve business analytics and medical education. And I think that's really important because if we are not considering how our future scientists, researchers, or doctors are getting access to information quickly and having educational innovation, that really impacts our healthcare system. So while it is great that we do have technology for the big tech companies, we still need tech and a lot of really great resources in our educational system because that's kind of what helps us to get to the next next level and think outside of the box. And when I started sharing a little bit more about my data, my data girl journey, I was just so fortunate enough that some people were like, hey, I really wanted to get in this field too. If you can share a little bit more insight on how you did it. And I was just so happy, you know, to just even have this conversation going because This was a time where lockdown was in full effect. We weren't able to go and see our friends and our family and all the things that we had planned for kind of just went out the window. So now I was able to have still connect with people, but in a different way. And that led me to now, again, launching my Data Girl brand where I share educational resources and promote data literacy and advocate for underrepresented groups of people to get in the field by um, by sharing my message and having mentees and connecting with people in the Caribbean, Africa, and across the United States, just having these connections and these conversations. One of my mentees today just told me that she um, she actually got a job offer And I was just so excited because there were times when I was talking to her and she's like, you know, there's just so much political injustice and uproar in her community. And to know now 
despite all of that, she was able to see the other side of it and get a job offer. So it's just so rewarding to one, hear their stories, provide resources as best as I can and see them get to, you know, the next stepping stone in their career. You know, just stemming from some of our struggles as first generation college students, we don't have a choice. And I don't mean that to sound limiting in any way, but I advocate that because we have to work 10 times harder sometimes just to make it to the the rooms that have these conversations or be able to contribute. So while it seems that we're doing the most, it kind of seems as if that's what we were taught to do or we didn't have a choice if we wanted to get into a certain school, if we wanted to get into a certain internship because we didn't have that person to just call and tell us um, this is how you do your resume. This is how you interview. This is how you dress um, in certain professional settings. We don't. We didn't know, so we had to find that out by working. You know, three jobs at one time, or you know, going. You know, in terms of traveling, like taking two free buses at a time, even though you just had school. You know, because you needed or you wanted to connect with um, people that really gave you like inspiration sometimes you kind of have to leave your um your commute not your community but sometimes your your environment to see what the world is really like it really goes unnoticed and sometimes I thought to myself when people act like what do you want to write in your college essay or something that's important to you and these are the stories that are just so specific to your lifestyle to what you grew up in and your circumstances that make it so much more beautiful to have you part of these conversations and part of certain um community groups and and school programs because not a lot of people can share like hey i had to balance school and being a caretaker of my two younger siblings and i'm still a kid this is just an open question don't have to answer it out out loud but just think about it when somebody said, who's your role model? And you had mentioned someone in your family. That's a direct link because you have seen like just personally, right? The struggles that they've faced or some of the things that uh, were challenging for them and how they overcame it. And that goes no different. When I thought to myself on who I wanted to resonate with, I, I had the opportunity to work in a healthcare facility and I saw women who were managers and they seemed to just kind of be like the bosses of the hospital. I was like, Oh, this is great. But they didn't look like me. And that's okay. Right. Because I knew ultimately, right. They were a woman in a male dominated industry and they were able to beat the odds and still fulfill managerial or supervision roles. Right. Second thing was, we have to keep in mind that a lot of jobs that are not available, sorry, a lot of the jobs that we saw growing up in in our time frame were not available and now are possible careers, right? So if we don't see more people in these roles that are not as um, highlighted, rather, it just doesn't seem as if it's important enough for us to even look into because nobody else is doing it, right? So one of the things that really stuck with me was I know that this journey was not very straightforward. And a lot of people, we have the mindset and we should, you know, if 
he had the opportunity to go to trade school or go to college, jobs should be coming to us. I have, I'm not saying that shouldn't be it because when we were growing up, at least I can say for me, that was the impression that my parents told me. Once you go to college, like your life will be set. You will, you will have jobs coming after you. Like you're going to have to figure out what do you want? Like, which one do you want to turn down? When my friends and I started going to college and we're starting to hand out our resumes, it was like, oh, five years experience, 10 years experience. What? What lies? No, I'm supposed to have a job. I did an internship. I did college credit. Like I did what I was supposed to do. So a lot of these jobs that were publicized when I was growing up, unfortunately, were oversaturated by the time that I had gotten to the place where I could apply for those jobs or I just wasn't interested in them. And I wasn't interested because the people that were in those groups, I didn't have, we didn't have anything in common. I, we didn't have shared interests and that's fine. Right. But the things that was, that were important to them weren't important to me. So I didn't see my, why why would I get into a career when I know I'm not going to have no friends? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and because it comes down to it sometimes when you even think about an interview if you've ever inter- you know interviewed with a company you think to yourself would you even want to go to the holiday party aside from doing the job aside from doing what is bigger than you but the you spend oftentimes you spend more time at work than at home so if you don't want to hang out or do the type of work that is involved or required of you why would you want to be part of that? So that's really why I said that Um, (laughs) because it just had resonated with me that if one, I didn't see people who look like me or could understand certain struggles or how to even navigate certain things like an email. Like I just, I couldn't ask you. (laughs) And it's fine if you're an introvert and you don't want people to know know your birthday, it's okay. But I know that I try to make the initiatives like hey it's your birthday what you want to do or like I like to build relationships at work I know there's you know of course there is a a fine line of how you do that but for the most part you want to be able to be cordial with your with your colleagues and I want to collaborate here in New York City we are like the famous melting pot so many people are like coming together and you have a little bit of this you have a little bit of that but um being more specific my parents are both from Jamaica and they actually yeah yeah so um they had migrated um here to the states and I live in New York City so we have a very very big like Puerto Rican population so a lot of my friends when we were going to school like I had just adopted so much of like or learned rather so much of their culture their food customs and it was just so beautiful to see that um while I had you know my Caribbean um family upbringing and friends it was just so nice to see like a mix of um like West Indian culture um Hispanics and Latinas like all my girls together it was just so beautiful and even outside of that too we had um a lot of community groups from different um cultures as well so that's why I I just love being in New York City because I've been able to see firsthand people who don't look like me, um, don't always speak the same language, you know, have such beautiful, unique names, um, and just going to school with these type of people. And it was so funny because when I went to, to college, a lot of people did not <laughs> did not have that same experience. And I just thought to myself, like, huh, what are you talking about? You haven't seen somebody look like me? And like, 
No. <laughs> so again, the world is so much bigger than what we are, what our community or what we immediately know. And that's why I think it's so important. One, again, we don't have many options. We have to go outside of our immediate community sometimes to get access to certain programs and access to certain resources. As I was saying before, there are a lot of things that I didn't know existed um, in terms of like job placements and um, extracurricular opportunities that on the other side, some of my peers had known about because they had direct access to some of those, um, those people that were either starting it up, uh, their parents, or just being at the right place at the right time. No, definitely. And speaking of one of those resources, you have been known to be a Forbes 30, no, Forbes scholar under 30, correct? That's yes, the correct, perfect. Scholar. <laughs> yeah. So can you give a little background about how you found that out and how like you even found out about other scholarships, you having a scholarship with your brand, just all that good stuff? Yes, of course. So again, like I was saying before, a lot of programs, a lot of resources have probably been around. Unfortunately, people may not always know about it. And that's fine because we're privileged enough to have access to the internet and find out about these things. So I started taking it upon myself to actually clean up my LinkedIn at least like twice a year, freshen it up, update any information about me and start sharing or commenting on people's um, contents and contact and also connecting with more people. And one of the headlines that I saw for one of the people I connected with was under 30 scholar. I saw somebody else say under 30 lister. And I thought to myself like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, again, I didn't know about it. And I had, you know, just finished um, my schooling. And I was just curious on what that program was. And I had always dreamed about going to a Forbes under 30 event. Um, However, it was quite expensive um, for the package that I wanted to do, because I believe some of the general tickets had probably started like $500. Um, But if I was going to go, I wanted to do more than just the general. So um, I had done a little bit more research specifically on the the under 30 program and found that I had met the criteria um, to apply. However, um, I had noticed that some of my Uh, colleagues were getting the invite from their school and I at the time did not get mine from my school so I was like what is it by school only like what is going on like what is this program um long story short I had asked one of my friends um if she was interested in the in the summit because at that point I I thought it was just on a school basis but she had explained to me that the program had allocated a thousand tickets for students I believe in the United States um across the United States to actually attend the under 30 summit and to be um named an under 30 scholar based on one year your GPA and um some essay submissions so I thought to myself well I don't know, like I haven't heard about this program or I haven't heard anybody from my school attending. So I don't know if I can go. And again, just having the opportunity to connect with people that are interested not only in them, you know, increasing their own personal growth, but sharing that with you, right? Having good friends, having good connections. 
And she and I have said, you know, we're just, we're just going to both apply. And luckily we both got in. (laughs) So it was just so exciting because again, imagine if you didn't align yourself with people that you one saw potential in or two were interested in the same things that you are because you could have just missed out on an opportunity that you didn't know existed. And well, I'm so fortunate enough that we were both able to go. I would really um, encourage um, your audience members and anyone who's interested in getting into certain programs, one, to reach out to people that they see who have already done it, like how they can get insight, and also ask their school. Because, again, the school would be your biggest advocate to send this information out to the students. And even though students may not get um, their direct email doesn't mean that it hasn't gone out or that somebody um, doesn't know about it or that is a really great opportunity for you to bring it to your school's attention so that you could be somewhat of like an ambassador to bring more students on and get more representation from your school to be a part of those programs and you are one you know you think to yourself you're just one person you know if they're even going to respond to me. And I think, again, just as we had mentioned before, that we're so privileged to um, having access to the internet. A lot of people have their contact information available. And this is a time where you can like cold email people or even if you sign up for certain um, programs, they usually have events that are kind of like on a lineup. So that's good too, because even if you don't want to contact the lead or the guest speaker directly, you can always communicate with the coordinator and ask like, hey, is there a time that um, people from the audience are going to like answer specific questions? And if so, this is a really great time for you to submit your question, follow up with the, um, the person who would answer and say, thank you so much for taking the time to answer my question and start building relationships in that way. Another way you can also do it is if you do have a professional um profile as we mentioned again on LinkedIn is that you can follow the people that are experts or people that you want to connect with once you follow them you do get notifications on any time that they post so more times that you like comment or um, share their content they will get notified and that just gives you another opportunity to reach out to them and start a conversation and you can always don't be afraid I would say to start small because and what I see like start small is like you don't have to email like the Oprah Winfrey's of the industry. You can start with really great thought leaders in your school. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with alumni associations, but at least for um, both of my schools, they often have events where alumni come back. And I, I said to myself, like, wow, it's so cool to see, like, somebody who had went to the same classes as I did, walked the same podium that I did, lived in the same dorms, right? It's like the VP of, like, a Fortune 500 company. And that's what I mean by, while it may seem like, oh, why am I just um, reaching out to alums? That is a really great um, connection because that person has gone to that school, knows the school values. You guys connect on that level. So, There's so many ways that you can start small, but still have a big impact.
So I attended community college after high school, and I would always hear from my professors, at least in my psychology courses, that it's very important to network wherever you are. Just try it. So that's how I started. Like, I started small. I started at my community college. I started going to conferences there, super tiny, and eventually it just elevated where now I'm like, well, I have this podcast, and I reach out to people that I know will help benefit me first-gen gente and all that good stuff, you know? So I like I'm you just provide the best description and I love it because I can resonate with that and I know for a fact that a lot of the times we learn better through examples and stories so I just know it'll definitely help someone else who's looking into networking now I want to ask because we talked a little bit about about it behind the scenes and now LinkedIn your brand has business has given a webinar on LinkedIn. So it seems like, you know, a lot of like little tricks and whatnot. Just can you go ahead and share some of that, please? Because I would, I would love for all of us to just learn to be a little better on LinkedIn from an expert like yourself. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that because I do not consider myself an expert at all, but just someone who is learning and growing because the platform is always changing. Um, If you had probably set up a LinkedIn like last year compared to now, you would be surprised that you can even share stories um, on your LinkedIn. You can host like live webinars on there. So um, it's so great that the platform is adding um, so many great features to connect people. And some of the things that I had shared, I mentioned specifically seven things to help with your profile. So it could be something as small as, putting more words or SEO populated words in your bio or in your, in your header to help the recruiter or someone outside um, of your immediate group, get a better understanding of who you are, who you want to advocate yourself to be. Another thing I had mentioned was how to toggle on the notifications for recruiters to know that you're interested in work. Another thing that I mentioned to you is you can have like a QR code specifically to your profile. So instead of saying at a network event, yeah, my LinkedIn is www.forward slash. Like how many times have we been in that event? And you're like, oh, just, you know, just look up my name. You can never find me. Like there's so many Ashley Scotts. <laughs> it was as simple as, oh, do you have a camera? Okay, boom, we're connected little things like that. So I would really encourage um, your community, if you have a social media or online presence, um, to really invest and investigate on what is out there related to you, your brand, any photos or um, anything that is related to who you are as a professional entrepreneur, your side hustle, because as easy and as excited as we are to research things online, recruiters are doing the same for you. (laughs) No, definitely. And I really appreciate those tips that you shared on LinkedIn. Is there any way if someone was interested to check out your webinar, is there a way that they could do that? Yes. So actually on my website, www.datagirlash.com, I do have the link provided for the webinar so that people who are interested in like the instant access and also a downloadable that you can customize to fit your LinkedIn, um, you have the option of getting that on my website. So I can give you the details if you're interested um, in sharing that with your community. 
Also, yeah, so I am excited to just share a little bit more about the resources that have been helpful to me and to help others get started in their data journey and data exploration. And I will be sharing some more content on my social media platform. So you can find me at Data Girl Ash. And also, if you would like to stay connected or email me directly, feel free to send a message at contact at datagirlash.com. And any other inquiries that you may have, you can check out my website at www.datagirlash.com.